I was in the same room as all these legends and with all these new people who I'm sure are going to be legends themselves. <laughs> you know, it's being done with such love and such enthusiasm from everybody. And I think that you'll be able to feel that coming off the screen. It means so much to so many people. You just know what it's going to be like in the cinema. Star Wars is an important part of everyone's history. It's a beautiful thing to actually be involved in it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And my name's Matt. Excellent. And we're coming to you again uh, from two different spots, uh, but we're going to have a great conversation today. Matt, I think before we get started, we should probably crack open a beer. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Let's do that right now. Perfect. We got ourselves a new beer ready to go. So, Matt, um, this episode was kind of born out of uh, a quick text that I either sent you yesterday or Sunday. We originally had planned to do something else. And and yesterday, I think it was, I was having a conversation with one of my friends on Facebook that got, I don't want to say heated, but it got into a little bit of a debate about... Spirited? A spirited yeah. discussion? I, I, I almost should we even say a, a force discussion right it was it's like the force was alive in both of us and um it's about star wars as you can probably guess by the intro and and so i, I texted matt i said matt let's put on hold the other the other topic we were going to do we can do that next week or you know whenever we decide to record um but what i really want to talk about is star wars and i want to make it very generalized because there's a lot of nuance with star wars we plan to do some stuff on the mandalorian things like that later on that's not really this conversation although it might make its way into the dialogue really matt what i want to do right now i think in order for people to understand my understanding of Star Wars and my take on Star Wars and your understanding and your take on Star Wars, I think maybe we should start with how we came to Star Wars. Like, how did we get introduced to it? Does that sound fair to you? Yeah, let's go for it. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. Okay, so I'm going to actually let you go first, since I kind of went first on how I came to Disney. So why don't you go first on that one? How, how did you get introduced to Star Wars? How old were you? When did you start with it? Things like that. Yeah, so I, my, my memory on this is very foggy. Mm-hmm. My first memory of Star Wars, we were at my grandparents' house, and there was a movie marathon going on, and it was a Star Wars movie marathon. How, how and, old were you? Uh, I mean, enough to have memory. I want to say I was probably like 10 or 11. I, okay. I, I honestly don't remember. But I, I was old enough, I, because I was such a scared little boy, I was scared of everything. A movie like Star Wars when I was six would have just freaked me out. So I was old enough that my parents were like, okay, you're going to watch this and not be freaked out. Um, so I had to be at least like 10 or 11, maybe even 12. Um, so I... I only remember watching the back half of episode four. So it was the whole like assault on the Death Star and Luke uh, destroys the Death Star. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, So if you were were 10 or 11, you're how old now? I am 29 right now. So so early early 2000s. Okay. So by that point, Phantom Menace would have been out. 
Um, just a year or two old. Yeah, yeah. So you would not have seen now. You would not have seen that. So you would have only been seeing really the original trilogy at this point, and really at this point, just the back half of of four. You said right. Exactly. And so it was, it was cool. It was interesting, but, um, I, I, I didn't necessarily build the fandom. So it was not until, um, shout out to my friend, Mark Peters. He is a star Wars nut. And when I became, uh, we started, uh, becoming really good friends. He really introduced me to all these really cool star Wars things. I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty cool. I'm, I'm into this. And it culminated in high school. We did a, all six movies in one day at his house. We started at 10 a.m. and took 15 minute breaks in between oh my the God. movies. And we got done at 10 after midnight and about halfway through episode six, we're like, oh, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so done with this. I'm so wow. tired. Uh, it was awesome. I'm so glad we did it, but uh, it, it was a this lot. Was before, and this was before you worked for the Disney store. This was, this was like, this this was just when the first six episodes were there, right? Yeah, this was before Disney even owned. Okay. Even owned uh, Star Wars, so this was yeah, okay. this was back in high school again, like mid to late two thousands, and then from Got there, it. just as I as I kind of became, you know, when I left for college, you know, you kind of become your own person and things like that. You go like, Oh, I really like this and kind of got more into it. And then, you know, more TV shows are being made for it. And then Disney buys it. And then now all this content comes out and that kind of just reawakens it all. And now I've, as an adult with more, uh, I don't want to say I have more free time as an adult, but I do have a little bit more like say in what I want to do and just kind of got into it more and started watching more of the TV shows and things like that. So really kind of became a full fan of it. Now, before I get into to my, my introduction to star Wars, as somebody who came to it, I mean, I don't want to say you came to it. You came to it earlier than I did. I mean, you came to it obviously in high school, you came to it before Disney owned it. You, you, so as somebody who, who kind of saw it, I almost want to say in the, well, let me ask you this. Did you guys watch episodes one through six in that order? One, two, three, four, five, six? Yes. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six is what we watch it chronologically in terms okay. of the story. All right. Now, had you already seen all of four, all of five, all of six at that point? At that point, yes, but I don't believe I had actually seen the or the episodes one, two, and three at that point in high school. Again, well, I'm, I'm very, I'm very hazy on on all of this. Well, the only reason I ask is because I would imagine that a lot of people listening to this podcast and a lot of people have experienced Star Wars, you know, in the fr- mind, the, the time frame, and the mindset of four, five, six, one, two, three seven, eight, nine, right? That's kind of been how a lot of people experienced it. It sounds to me like that that's also how you experienced it. You got a little bit of four. At that point, you maybe went on to see four, five, and six. And then when your friend introduced you to it again, then you rewatched it all. One, two, three, four, five, six is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so okay. So that means you're going to be, you're as close to a regular Star Wars uh, nut I guess I could say regular Star Wars fan that I can get at least right now and that you at least experienced it that way. What was your opinion and, and your friend? And I, I apologize. What was your friend's name again? Mark. Mark. Okay, yeah. So what was your and Mark's opinion of when Disney did buy Star Wars? What What was your initial thought? What was his initial thought? Maybe you didn't have one, but maybe he did. What was the initial thought? Was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? What What do you think? I think it's overall a good thing. We went, well, Disney's clearly, they're not buying this just to sit on it. They're buying it 
to do stuff with it. And so to me, I look at it as, and, and from, from what I can remember in my conversations with him when this all was going down, it was, yeah, this is a positive thing. Like this is, we're going to get more Star Wars content or, and more merch. And I mean, uh, clearly we got the theme park. Like th- th- this is a good thing. And again, you're talking totally biased because I am a Disney person because Disney bought it. I'm of course happy about that. I, I, whereas if you're not a Disney person, Disney is not necessarily a company that you're like, Oh yeah, sweet. Disney bought my most favoritest thing. You're thinking, Oh no, like Disney, this, and especially if you have the view that Disney is a kid's company, it's, mm-hmm. oh no, this kid's company is buying this really cool thing that I like. Yeah. So I want to, I'm going to put a pin in that for a second, because that's going to kind of circle back to the, the, the conversation that, that I had with, with my friend online yesterday. So, so real quick, let me give you my background now. So everybody understands kind of my perspective here too. So I, much like you, when I was very young, um, probably elementary age, my dad was not a huge Star Wars fan, but when it would play as reruns on TNT or TBS or whatever, he might, you know, turn it on and it might be on in the background and, and I would catch bits and pieces. I could have never told you uh, what was um, episode four versus episode five or six. And I, I didn't even think they were labeled at that like that at that point. I think they were just, you know, Star Wars A New Hope and, you know, Empire Strikes Back and then you know, of course, uh, Return of the Jedi. So, I mean, I couldn't have told you what was what. I just knew they were Star Wars, right? But I, I didn't really give it much thought. Then I remember I was working uh, in high school um, as a freshman and sophomore and junior um, for a company in Michigan called Gags and Gifts. And they were a, it's kind of a medium-sized business. They had about 20, 25 stores in the area. And at that time, Star Wars Phantom Menace was set to debut. And I remember the hype and everybody was so excited. We had giant stand-ups in our store of Jar Jar Banks and and uh, <laughs> I, I, I posters and, and we started to get the hype and it was and I just remember how electric it was and I remember thinking to myself, I wonder what what what's such a big deal. Well, but, and every yeah. restaurant like um, had some kind of promotion of like special edition cups or toys or I mean, yeah, it, it was absolutely. everywhere. It was. And well, because it was the first time Star Wars had been on the big screen in uh, cl- close to 20 years at that point, or, or yeah, about 20 years. It was when, when did Return of the Jedi come to the theaters? It was, it had to have been 1983 is when that movie yeah. came out. So the year, so the year of my birth, basically. <laughs> so if you think 83 all the way to 98, right? So that would have been at that point, uh, 15 years in between Star Wars being in the theaters and being this colossal, massive thing. And then suddenly it became this colossal, massive thing. But then again, Phantom Menace comes out, everyone's excited about it. And then it goes, and everyone, you know, it's like not this thing. Everyone hates Jar Jar. Oh my God, it's horrible. George Lucas, you relied too much on, on, you know, graphics. The writing was horrible, you know, whatever. It'd be all this criticism. And that's not what this episode's about. But either way. We'll get to it at some point. Yeah. So I... I, I knew what it was. Then I get into college. And of course, at that point, you know, uh, Clone Wars comes out, you know, uh, or Attack of the Clones comes out. Um, and, and again, not really much into it. Somewhere along the line, though, I start working at Target. And this is what I really think um, uh, kind of sparks my interest. So I'm surrounded by all the new merch for uh, Revenge, of the, Revenge of the Sith. 
and I, and and I remember the the day that it debuted and how big of a deal it was. And I'm surrounded by friends at Target, coworkers at Target who are huge Star Wars fans, and they're beginning to tell me all about this. I remember uh, my buddy Garen. Uh, he he's he's like, oh my God, Keisha, you got to watch this. It's all about you know going against going against the the societal you know society dictators and you know. And I was like, okay, okay, maybe I'll get into this a little bit. I remember they my friend Richard. He he lent me. Um, he lent me episode one and episode two on DVD. And so I watched episode one and episode two and I got done with two going, holy crap, I can't wait to see Revenge of the Sith. This is exciting, right? Now, mind you, at this point, I still have not seen four or five or six. I saw one and I saw two. So, so then my buddy Sam and my friend Noah and my, my friend Brian, uh, uh, we all went to see episode three revenge of the sith at the theaters i want to say it was opening night or opening weekend it was it was pretty darn close and i remember feeling all these feelings in the theater about oh my god this is amazing and knowing that there were three more episodes that had already been created after three was done that i could then go and watch and sure enough my my buddy richard he he gave me four or five and six who i was able to watch them and here's the funny thing i remember thinking how disappointed I was in four, five, and six. Interesting. I was. I was so disappointed. But the problem was, is I didn't have the lens that most Star Wars, and I'm going to start to use this phrase because this is the phrase that got used yesterday, most old school fans, Star Wars fans had, which was four, five, and six was their originals. One, two, and three were the after. For me, one, two, and three were the originals in my mind, four, five, and six were the after. So it was hard for me at the time to kind of delineate between, you know, 1970s graphics versus 1990s and 2000s graphics and, you know, clarity of the picture, all of these different things, right? You know, you know, another example of this, I've never seen four, five, and six without the revisions that George Lucas put into them. And let me say this, there is, when we did the the marathon where we watched one, two, three, four, five, six, there is a little bit of a letdown of, you go from three where it's the duel of fates between, where Obi-Wan and, and Anakin are dueling, and it's like this awesome, well-choreographed lightsaber fight on Mustafar, yeah. and like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And then you go to episode four, and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, we're definitely back in the 70s. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. You- and, and that's where I think, you know solo and especially rogue one rogue one does such a masterful job of blending those two i lied i learned to lie i played the part of a beaten man resigned to the sanctuary of his work i made myself indispensable and all the while i laid the groundwork of my revenge we call it the death star there is no better name and the day is coming soon when it will be unleashed i've placed a weakness deep within the system. A flaw so small and powerful they will never find it. But Jin, Jin, if you're listening, my beloved, so much of my life has been wasted. I try to think of you only in the moments when I'm strong because the pain of not having you with me, your mother, our family, the pain of that loss is so overwhelming I risk failing even now. Right? And, you know, and it, Rogue it really One does. is is very much beloved by a lot of what you're talking of old school Star Wars people. I I know a lot of old school Mm -hmm. Star Wars people that are, that even I know one of them, it's a family member 
that he is a Star Wars nut and he mm-hmm. thinks that Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. Yeah, a lot a lot of people feel that way. So here's the gist of why we're having this this talk and having this is one of our episodes. So the conversation with my friend um, on Facebook, of course, of all places where all good debates go, uh, <laughs> um, started with a Facebook meme that he had posted, and it was a picture of Iron Man walking in front of an explosion and uh, a picture of Joker uh, from you know the Dark Knight walking in front of an explosion. And there was one other one. And then there was a picture of Kathleen Kennedy in front of a Star Wars sign. And the meme said, all good heroes, dis- all, all good heroes or all good leaders destroy what they what has been created or something like that. And it, it was it was basically a crack at Kathleen Kennedy that she has been a horrible leader of Lucasfilm and that she's destroyed the franchise. And and I, I saw this and I'm like, that's just not true. It, 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 now, again, we're going to have to kind of get into you know, opinion versus facts, right? Because I can have an opinion and say, you know, seven, eight, nine are great movies or seven, eight, nine are not great movies. But, and this is where I want to go with this is that you can look at seven, eight, nine and say, okay, maybe they weren't the strongest movies, but seven, eight, nine Mandalorian, um, but two, uh, you know, the, the star Wars galaxy's edge, um, the the reboot of of the of, of like I think it's Clone Wars or Clone Wars right started back up or Rebels I can't remember which one, um, the all of this has reignited the conversation about Star Wars which basically after three died I mean after two thousand three when the movie came out or, or maybe not two thousand three two thousand six when the movie came out the conversation around Star Wars for new fandom died and so to say that someone like kathleen kennedy or disney destroyed star wars is just factually inaccurate if anything they've built it up what are your thoughts on that yeah let me say this uh, um seven eight nine i believe are deeply flawed and some of it is through no fault of anyone or there's a whole lot going on there where you go from J.J. Abrams takes the first one, then it's Ryan Johnson, and then Ryan Johnson, episode eight goes awry for a variety of reasons, and now Abrams has to come in and try to pick up the pieces of it. And so what you get is a very disjointed story. Um, I, my friend Mark, I talked to him two days ago, and and he came out of Rise of Skywalker angry. like He was like, I, I did not like that movie. And that's fine, um, but he but he's not asking to like necessarily say all Star Wars should now be you know taken. He enjoyed parts of the other new trilogy. Let me ask you this real quick before you continue: Do you think that no matter who would have helmed seven, eight, and nine, no matter where this would have came from, do you think that it was a failed project to begin with? And what I mean by that is no matter who took it, no matter what was done, there was going to be no way to appease those quote unquote old school fans because they had already built it up in their mind what these sequels should have been and nothing could live to those expectations. What do you think about that? I'm going to unpack that question because I think you there was a key phrase that you said in that is what the sequels should have been. 
And that's really the key point in all of this is there's people that go, well, this isn't what it should be. And you kind of ask, well, what should it be? And no one can give you a really clear answer on what exactly a good Star Wars trilogy would be. What would have been the right follow-up? And so I I think in some ways it it was kind of doomed from the beginning Mm -hmm. in terms of like uh, uh, belovedness from every Star Wars fan or let's say 90% of Star Wars fans But I also think that they could have done some better planning to make it not feel as disjointed, and that would have helped. But I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I don't, I don't know if there's something they could have done that would have, would have helped. And let me ask you this: so I, I did some research because Star Wars TV has done really well. So. Take what you want with Rotten Tomatoes and and Google users and stuff like that for what, but we're going to take it just as that's my data right now. Star Wars The Clone Wars has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Star Wars Rebels has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with 89% of people saying, you know, they like this show. Star Wars Resistance, which is new and probably the kind of one that people are less high on, still has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Mandalorian has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. So these TV shows that now I think Clone Wars was out before Disney took over besides the new season that has been released right now. Otherwise, everything else has been released by Disney and has been beloved by fans. And you talk to Star Wars people again, and they're like, no, this show is really cool. So so I, I think I look at the TV and I say, why is TV having so much success and these movies can't duplicate it? Why do you think that is? Well, you know, I think, first of all, I, I agree with you. And this goes back to my broader point, which is, I, I think it's unfair for someone to say Kathleen Kennedy and Disney destroyed Star Wars, because clearly that is not the case. The fact that these TV shows are doing so well, the fact that, you know, anybody who's anybody, I mean, any any person, no matter what their age is, has been craving a child or what a lot of people refer to as baby Yoda, uh, action figure or plushy and 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 there's this pent-up demand for it you know whether you are a true diehard star wars fan or your grandma who's 85 years old you, what's the deal with this baby yoda doll you hear it everywhere right so here's here's that's my broader point is you can't necessarily say that um kathleen kennedy disney destroyed star wars you can but what you can absolutely say is that they made it available to the broader audience now, why TV is doing so much better and, and was able to re- resonate more with, let's say, that the old school fan base, I think this has a lot to do with, again, where part of our conversation went or my debate went with my friend, which was um, has to do with the expanded universe or what is now referred to as Star Wars Legends. You know, uh, there, there's a huge spectrum of other material out there that until Disney bought was part of the expanded universe. It was all these gaps that were filled in. I firmly believe one of the reasons why the TV shows, no matter which ones they are, do so well is because they fill in some of the gaps of the Skywalker saga, right? So I think that that is starting to serve some of that purpose that maybe the expanded universe used to serve or, you know, Legends doesn't really serve anymore because basically Disney said none of this is canon anymore, right? And so 
I think that's one of the reasons why it is as successful as it is because it plays that purpose of filling in those gaps. What I don't get in the, the, the reason for this rant and for this conversation between you and me is why fans of the original trilogy, fans of, of, of Star Wars before Disney owned it, are not allowing new fans. And I don't want to say all, all original fans are like this, but why a lot of them are not allowing new fans, fans who come in this year, whose first movie, or four years ago, whose first movie for Star Wars was Force Awakens. There are people out there, there's an entire generation out there of fans who their first entrance into Star Wars was Force Awakens. Rey is their Luke Skywalker, right? Um, Luke Skywalker is their Obi-Wan, right? So I don't understand why there's an entire group of fandom out there. And, and they're usually loud, they're obnoxious, they like to call people names, and they don't, they're not satisfied by being the ones who aren't happy with Star Wars. They don't want anybody to be happy with whatever Star Wars is in its current form. And that's the problem that I have. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure there's some psychology in this, and I am not a psychologist. My degrees are in religion and music. Um, <laughs> so, so, But, I mean, let me speculate based on my general knowledge. Yes, it does. Everyone knows that. It's like general knowledge. General, general knowledge? So when Star Wars comes out, it's not a big thing. It is this small technology-based movie that all of a sudden caught on. And so if you were there from the beginning, you have this, like, I was there from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I didn't come in when this was all big and things like that. And so I think you they have this idea of... This I want it to go back to this small little thing that only me and my friends were fans of. And there wasn't as much of this now with so many fans. You have to be, and this is what I, th- I think 789 tried to do, was they were trying to be something to everybody. That if I have to support the the audience that came in from the beginning, I have to support the audience that came in during episodes one, two, three. I have to support a new audience that has never seen a Star Wars movie. And they just tried to do too many things where it was like, all right, here's new characters. And hey, old fans, look, it's Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Look, and um, all right, one, two, and three. Look, look at this. Um, and and it was just, it was too much. And, and so I yeah. think there is some of the just, I, they want it to be, what it was when the first movie came out. And I will say one of the things that I wish they would have done with a new trilogy. And I hope that they do with, I hope they keep making movies and I'm sure they will. Cause it makes, you know, multiple billion dollars in movie ticket sales and merchandising and all that stuff. Get out of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's, I think that's the plan. I mean, I think that's the plan. I think that they can, what, what they really need to start doing is, is and that was kind of be my, my final point on this, which is, you know, what Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm and Disney decide to do, you know, next year, or not this year, because we won't get a film this year, but next year or the year, year after with whatever this next set of movies is supposed to be that, from what I understand, is it Favreau who's supposed to join, uh, to, to direct? I can't remember. It's some big name director. I would hope 
Gosh, yeah. I hope it's Favreau. <laughs> yeah, well, it's some big name director who's supposed to come in and, and kind of pull these under under his wing as a, as a trilogy. But it's supposed to be out of the Skywalker saga. But what I would like to see is, look, it's okay to reference the Skywalker saga. It's okay to have a random cameo. I mean, again, look at Rogue One and the way that Vader was randomly in there just briefly, right? But oh, that was awesome. Oh, right? gosh. Or, or even the way that Leia, all the way at the very end, was in it the very last second, and it, and it tied everything together. I mean, even right now, there, the rumors, and I don't know if they're true, but the rumors about the Mandalorian having Ahsoka, right? A, a, a live-action Ahsoka. That, that, and, and, and I think they've been confirmed by Disney. But again, that ties to the, the broader Skywalker saga, the bro- broader universe. I think there's a way to do it and do it well and really – for, for the people who are saying Kathleen Kennedy and, and Disney and Lucasfilm destroyed Star Wars, the real way we're going to be able to tell is now that we are out of the shadow of the Skywalker saga, the next movie that gets created will truly be the test of whether or not it is the Skywalker saga that has made this last for as long as it is, or whether or not Star Wars can continue on its own without any of the characters that we know and love. You know, And I think that's going to be a huge, huge part of this. Mandalorian has already proven that that's true. Mandalorian has already proven that they can do it, that they can tell a compelling story, uh, keep us guessing. I mean, if you think about those Mandalorian episodes are 30 to 50 minutes a piece in most cases, right? So that's like having two, two and a half movies of, of material already produced for us. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think seeing, if they can actually plan a trilogy much better than they plan seven, eight, nine. Yes. That to me is going to be the key. Um, I'm going to say this right now, the old Republic do an old Republic trilogy, please, please, please. Um, There's so many cool stories because it's thousands of years before the Skywalker saga. You don't, you're not even, you can say it's in the same timeline, but you're not even going to reference that. And I think that would be make it totally, totally new. And again, with things that people know, like you can do different planets and different alien races that people know, but it, it, it needs to be something totally, totally separate. Um, yeah. I agree. And, and here's the thing. And that, the, the good part about that is if you get to the legends material where old Republic stuff is available for you, right. That's also going to start to satisfy some of that fan base that has been so critical in the past. Um, because they're pulling from material that does exist. I, I'm not saying right off the Legends material at all. I, I think what Disney did was very smart in terms of they put it over here for now, and then they're selectively using it where it makes sense, right? I think that's a, and that's that's smart. That's smart creativity, right? I mean, look at what they did with with you know Rise of Skywalker. They selectively brought back elements from legends that would make sense that could fall into this, this particular movie and make sense with this particular story. So I'm with you. I think an old Republic, and, and this is somebody who knows nothing about it at all. I know nothing about the old Republic. I know that there's, I think a video game called Knights of the old Republic, right? Yes. absolutely. Uh, that's the only thing I know. So for me, again, as somebody who is newer to star Wars, somebody who came to star Wars in his twenties, uh and my first movie was phantom menace i'm going to go into it with the same you know look and sincerity of i i don't know what to expect because it's brand new and here's what's cool is that i think all of us are going to get to do that i think that it, it allows lucasfilm to almost hit the reset button so that we can all be immersed in something new the same way we were with rogue one like we knew rogue one was 
was set between three and four. We had no idea how it was going to tie to it. And we all went into it with this expectation of, okay, what are they going to do? And we were blown away by it. Right. So as we wrap up on this, cause we're, we're, we're starting to, we're really, we're over our time actually. Um, I think what I ultimately want to say is this, the way I see it is there are really three groups of fandom out there. There is the old school fan who um, appreciates Star Wars for what it was. And maybe they don't agree with all the decisions that Star Wars made, but they can appreciate it for what it was. They can they can go and watch a new movie. Maybe they're not 100% satisfied, but they realize it is what it is. This is the reality we're in, right? Then there is the new fan who came to Star Wars not when that old fan did. And the new fan can appreciate and, and, and came to Star Wars at their own time. They either came to it during the prequel trilogy or they came to it during the sequel trilogy and so they have a different viewpoint they have a different lens and especially if they came to it during the sequel trilogy if they like it for what it is that is their star wars that is what star wars is to them finally there's the fan and i'm not going to say it's an old school fan or a new school fan it's just the fan who's the jerk (laughs) and (laughs) don't be the jerk let people enjoy things my buddy sam says that all the time let people enjoy things. Shh, let them enjoy it. Let them enjoy it for what it is. If and if you don't like it, that's fine. Like, yeah. it's okay. I, I mean, I am I can admit that I don't like certain things in Star Wars, but that doesn't mean that I want to prevent other people from liking it or liking Star Wars altogether. Yep, I agree. And, and that's the thing is don't, don't ruin it for somebody else simply because they want to enjoy it. And that's the thing that I just do not understand is that if somebody enjoys it for what it is, let them enjoy it for what it is, right? All right. Uh, with that said, Matt, if somebody wants to get a hold of us, maybe they've got a different opinion or they want to maybe uh, echo what we're saying or they want to contrast what we're saying, how are they able to do that, sir? Yeah, absolutely. You can email us at beersandears1928 at gmail.com. That's beersandears1928 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram, beersandears1928. We're starting some content there. I'm starting to post some things. And so, yeah, follow us and um, tweet at us and things like that. Like that, We, we want to hear from you. Um, also, if you're listening on any of the platforms, please rate and review us five stars. Leave a nice little review. That really helps us out. Yep. And if you're not already a member of our Facebook group, just search Beers and Ears Podcast and you can join and join in on the conversation. And if you are a member, don't don't be afraid to, um, uh, you know, don't be afraid to actually um, start a conversation up with fellow members and, and have a conversation with them. So, um, all right. With that said, Matt, uh, we are wrapped up. Have a great day, everybody. And may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Bye bye.